And we're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. We have an honest-to-goodness movie review coming your way to break up the film festival ORCs that have been coming back to back to back. And what better way to start slipping into award season than covering Barbarian? I'm your co-host, Mike One. This is co-host also, Mike. Wait a minute. I wrote eight pages on Pinocchio. You're doing Barbarian? <laughs> Equally terrifying. That, you said the scariest <laughs> film of the weekend. That's yeah. all you said to me mm-hmm. when we prepped this. Like, let's do let's do the scariest film of the weekend. And I immediately went to Disney Plus. And probably, I, probably a good move by you. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if the Barbarian's all that scary. And Pinocchio looks horrifying. It's an abomination. Let me just say, that's my review. It's an absolute abomination. I hate it. It's an audible nightmare. It is a, the audioscape of this is just, I want to die listening to that film. The music is awful. The characters look terrible. Tom Hanks' voice is the least of their problems. Just don't watch Pinocchio on Disney+. Plus. No, I'm, so not something you would show to your little niece is what I'm guessing. Absolutely not. I'm thrilled to be reviewing Barbarian today, yes. You would show her Barbarian before you show her Disney+, Plus's Pinocchio. 100%. 100%. But not not for a little bit, but maybe when she's... I mean, also, John, maybe I can sign, get him to sign a contract. 11? When she's 11, she'll be ready for this? I mean, it... Yeah, yeah. I think... This, this, this wasn't a bad, like, a, a terrifying horror movie. It's 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 marketed as something that's, like, you know, shrieking and going to freak you out. Right. But I didn't think it was that. It was a th- more of a thriller, like we kind of previewed. I I was sitting in the parking lot before this film, and I had to ask you. I was like, listen, am I going to... This is this is an infuriating conversation. No, 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 no. Us. But it, I, I, I was like, am I going to vomit? And you sent me a very funny text, typical you, where I'm not going to spoil it now, but we'll tease it for spoilers. And I was put at ease. So you did your job. You you did an amazing thing for your friend. You spoiled the hell you. out of me. No, I didn't. You definitely did. But <laughs> I am grateful for it because then I was just able to enjoy the hell out of the movie, which I did. You're putting me in a tough spot here, and I don't appreciate it. But we'll <laughs> I know, because you can't. You have a joke that you want to say, and you can't do it, which is even funnier to me. Um, Barbarian does debut this weekend. It had its, uh, did did it have, what's today? Friday we record this. Yeah, so Thursday preview showings is when we uh, saw this. Give us some specs, Mike. Who wrote this? Who was the team behind it? Yeah, Barbarian is written and directed by longtime actor, comedian, and filmmaker from The Whitest Kids You Know, Zach Kreger. Oh, I didn't know that. uh, Of late, Kreger wrote and directed the Hulu docuseries Sasquatch, which is pretty dang good in my opinion, by the way. Uh, Another one that kind of hides it. It's genre, and uh, he mm. did an incredible job, you know, taking us through that uh, winding story, which is, th- this is the same thing, just in a different way. But it's also cool, Mike, that we get another comedian, you know, taking their swing at horror and just yeah. knocking it out of the park. So that's thrilling. And Yeah. And this is, I would define this as a horror. I mean, even though it is more thriller, I think, but definitely a horror movie. Uh, distributed by 20th Century Studios, which, of course, is formerly Fox, but now Fox Disney. Had its premiere July 22nd at San Diego Comic-Con. Rave reviews. It's carrying a 94% on 67 Rotten Tomato critic scores right now. 80 Metascore. Audiences have also appreciated it thus far. It's a 7.7 out of 10 early on IMDb. And a 79% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. The plot premise... A woman staying at an Airbnb discovers that the house she has rented is not what it seems. I'll say. The downside to this, though, is something I tweeted about already. I don't know what your theater was like. I had five people in my theater and surrounding local theaters that I was considering going to 
all were virtually empty about yeah. three hours prior to showtime when it came to tickets. I, I think I had five people in my uh, theater. I don't know if I said that yet, but th- nobody is seeing this movie. It's projected to make $8 million to open. That's a damn shame because it's an awesome film, an awesome horror film that should make big bucks. It's fun. And yeah. I had more people at my theater. I went to away from my usual AMC because, let's be honest, they're in like scale-back mode right now, which is probably part of the problem for this film. They mm. didn't have a showing, Michael, later than 8 o'clock. So I had mm. to go into the city to, uh, for a, basically a 10 p.m. showing to catch Barbarian. And I had about 20 people in my screening, so that was... That's not bad, yeah. I do think this is a fun film to watch with an audience. It was a sure. rowdy crowd. And I did one of these things, Michael, where I never do this, but I'd spent the last six hours with children, and... <laughs> All these kids were sitting in the back row, and I had a seat in the back row. And the row below, it was completely empty. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do the old guy thing. I don't care what my seat says. I'm going to sit and just dove. (laughs) There's no way I'm going back with makeout sessions and whatever these kids. I just, I can't do it. I I want to have some of your popcorn. (laughs) So one person gave me a dirty look when they looked down Mm -hmm. my row, but then they happily sat in the back row and then they were allowed the whole time which in a horror movie i'm happy to have so i had a really fun movie watching experience even though there was some dude like me shushing these kids at least twice good. during the movie <laughs> good <laughs> but i didn't mind F them it. kids um i you know you should be warned going into this i i of the five people two of them walked out with me it was some young couple like maybe in their mid late 20s and i i turned back to them i was a couple steps ahead of them leaving and i was like so what'd you guys think mm. and the girl was like that was weird <laughs> I was like, yeah that's probably an accurate assessment so just you know be prepared for that that's what a podcaster asks a non-podcaster what they think of a movie after a movie but no i i shouldn't say that i do the same thing to you you just you ask me about movies when we walk out so you're mm-hmm. like eh, eh? and i'm just like I don't know. I like getting the pulse of the people immediately after. I do. I really do. I like, you know, what are your first impression? How do you how do you feel immediately after seeing that? And I, you know, the girl saying that did make me laugh hard. Like, yeah, all right. Good take. Good. Here's what I will admit to. Like, films don't usually unnerve me to the point where I'm literally shaking driving home. I'm I'm afraid of of every shadow or whatever and, and it was a long drive home like I said. So I'm driving past like some construction on a house and I'm freaking out. I'm mm. getting into my driveway and I am scared to get out of my car and then I'm really freaked out. Walking really? It impacted you that much? <laughs> it definitely did to the point where I'm laughing out loud at myself. That's cool. Going inside. Good. Yes. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, that makes it an effective horror movie. That's really cool. So they did their job. And look, I, I, I get excited when a movie opens with its marketing. And the first scene is yes. at the door of the Airbnb between Tess, Georgina Campbell, and Bill Skarsgård. I, that's always a good sign. And then it's it's even a better sign when they don't rush it. Like, you really stretch the rubber band for a while 
And like many critics said, that's most of the fun. Most of the fun is going into this film totally blind, and we're not going to spoil anything here. Totally blind, not knowing well, what's I in may, that basement. Well, I I don't know what a spoiler is, apparently. I'm you not don't. There. You don't. So I have to, but you can edit yourself. But then again, you don't have editorial prowess because you don't understand the term of what I'm a spoiler is. So I'm aggravated about this. <laughs> if you're not ornery or aggravated, it isn't Mike, Mike, and Oscar. So, But look, I mean, kudos to Searchlight. They marketed the film yeah. without giving away the subgenre, but they still kind of, you know, they... they pitch the setting and the setting was good enough georgina campbell's facial expressions were good enough to sell this thing and then you have the wild card that is bill skarsgård i just think this is this is a this is a playbook on how to market a horror film now did they just drop it in the worst weekend possible where it's not able to make any money because nobody's going to movies now well it's not the worst weekend though right because i mean there's not a ton of competition out there there's no competition, but it's just everybody's back to school for the first weekend. They're partying. They're outside. They're, it's opening weekend in the NFL with football. Who's going to the movies when you got you know Lord of the Rings and House of the Dragon at home and you got it's all this fair. sports It's, it's a fair watch. point. I just get Emmys so, Monday. I, I, I'm so frustrated by, oh, Prey should have been released in theaters. Prey would have made millions of dollars. Prey would have done so well. And here you have a perfectly, I mean, maybe it's not as good as Prey in a lot of people's eyes, but you have a perfectly fine I mean, this is like the equivalent of what Malignant was last year. I agree. Almost the same weekend, and it's in theaters only, and nobody's going to see it. It should work, and that's that's the frustrating part of this. Like, this should be a $20 million movie. Yeah. This should, whatever the Black Phone made, maybe the Black Phone made 15 You know, th- this should be a $15 million minimum It should be doing at opening. least, t- yeah, I mean, 10 at worst, right? Right. Like, this should be, this should be eight digits, and it's, it doesn't look like it's going to get there. Well, I hope it climbs. I hope word of mouth, like our podcast, perhaps, yeah. could get people to see it. Look, it's not a perfect film. There no. are three major plot issues that I'll have with it in spoilers. But it's... I will say I think I have answers for at least one and a half of them. Oh, good. Good, because yeah. I need some answers. Uh, but it's one of the more satisfying horror movies, I would say, in a while, at least in my book. It's very... Oddly satisfying in the way that Malignant was. I mean, I, Malignant's an easy comparison just because of the time frame yeah. and the you know you you going in not knowing where this is ending and everything. And the more dark you go in, like you kind of said, the more in the dark you go into this movie with, the more satisfying it probably is. As far as the marketing goes, before I comment on the structure and the the script, do you think this would have been better marketed? had that one glimpse of Justin Long in the preview in the trailer that we reviewed not been shown at all if he was like a total surprise I don't know I think uh I think Justin Long is still a bit of a draw he's got a weirdly awesome horror CV from Jeepers Creepers Jeepers Creepers started his career Tusk dragged me to hell I have, like, a biased view of him because we went to the same high school. I got to meet him afterwards. Did, were you with me when we met Justin Long, my brother and I? No, but no. I've met I've, – I've, I've not met him, but I've been around when he's been around. Like, he was uh, – he came to the courthouse because he had jury duty one day hmm. that I was working there. And, like, I, my ex met him, ran into him on the street when we were dating. Like, it's just – Justin friend Long has weirdly been around my life. <laughs> well, he's from our parts, of, right. part of the wug, our neck of the nape. Our yeah, proud and, to say that with the character he plays in this movie too. <laughs> but he's got a great comedy career, and he's got a great uh, horror career. Tusk is one of the 
underrated masterpieces of the last 20 years. <laughs> Just t- another movie that scared the crap out of me as it went. Uh, I haven't seen it, but I like the reviews of it every time it comes up in pop culture. Because well, people either love it or hate it. That's that's the perfect uh, horror movie for you, by the way. So you got yeah, you got to watch that one. That's and I don't know, you might hate it. That's the that's the thing. But um, yeah, you freely just turn on any movie that, that you might hate, right? I mean, True. We've we've learned that about you. No, of course. Uh, but you said you had more thoughts on the script there. I like the structure of this. Yeah, I, I, it kept you. It kept me anyway into the movie i mean it's it's kind of you have you call it the stretching of the rubber band you have a movie for the first 40 minutes and then you have basically this whole new start 40 minutes in and it's mm-hmm. kind of meeting in the middle before the climax so i i, I think that's unique for a horror movie uh I, and without other getting stuff into in spoilers that, yeah we'll get into i mean it's easier yeah. to talk about in spoilers but i just wanted to comment on it when we're talking about the script it's kind of cool that like you don't see a lot of horror movies structured in the way this one is it's patient, let's just say, and I think as an audience member, if you can relish that patience and and just enjoy the journey, the trails of breadcrumbs into yeah. this labyrinth, you will have more fun than you if you demand like that, just jump scare every five minutes type of film. It's not mm-hmm. one of those. No, not at all. I didn't have. I don't think there's any. I mean, they try to have like two or three, but they didn't work right. on me. Right. So I think. That's not the draw of right. Barbarian, but sure. I, I will say I am thoroughly impressed with these performances. Georgina Campbell as Tess, uh, she's the lead here. All my friends hate me. Apple TV Plus is suspicion. She is driving this film with just a light on her face in the dark, all the expressions in the world, emoting everything, almost like the storyteller by a campfire with a flashlight under her chin, Michael. Georgina Campbell, what a great talent. And there's no wonder that so many people, especially great actors that we've come across, they launch their careers in horror because of, you know, because of scenes like these. Yeah, she was great. I, I agree. This was, for a horror movie especially, like an hour and 40-minute thing, this was incredibly well acted. Georgina Campbell, I was wildly impressed by for all the reasons you mentioned. I was like, why is Bill Skarsgård in this? And then you see the credits, and he's an executive producer. But uh, he was phenomenal, I thought, too. And he, I love uh, that performance. He, yeah, he was so good. Keeps you guessing. You don't know which way it's going to go. And then Justin Long is so important for that second act. So yes. I just... <laughs> Yeah, he's the, my favorite. So yeah, the cast did a, did a wonderful job. They're lovable. They're hateable. They're they. I mean, you're rooting for them. I just I, I'm thrilled with the uh, the performances. As for the production values, what an awesome score! We have music by Anna Dubrick, Fear Street, Navalny, Werewolves Within. So she's really good with synth. Oh, cool. That video game score from Werewolves Within, yeah. I believe it was. And then Fear Street did something similar, very John Carpenter like, where it's mm-hmm. just pul- pulsing synth, and that's more enjoyable than unnerving. And it it just tells you that hey, you're getting something cool, Stranger yeah. Things style, and we get something cool and crazy in this film. Yeah, I was wildly impressed by the score. It was a great horror score, and it did do its job. I mean, any kind of horror score, you want to ratchet up the tension. You don't want to rely purely on like the beating of strings for violins and stuff to have that that high tension moments. And this one doesn't. It is more electronic based. I felt so. Yeah, great job on the score. 
And then I thought the film editing really worked for me. It's a, it's a smooth edit at times. I noticed it because I'm waiting for like the formulaic jump scare style to kick in at some point. It even did in Jordan Peele's Nope, right? Like he does that on purpose in a few s- sequences. It this that style never kicks in here. You just have the goods and the goods are delivered or maybe they did it, you know, below the surface that I didn't figure out. But this is not John Carpenter's The Fog. Uh, we we just get a really well-edited film, and it still managed to scare the crap out of me, at least. It's one of those films that I was watching and thinking to myself, this is edited well, and then when I asked myself why I think it's edited well, I had no answer. It just, mm. It's just fun to watch, and it runs smoothly. Yeah, so sh- shout-out to Joe Murphy of Swallow, the film editor on this. Finally, Mike, I want to kind of push a couple of production values into spoilers. Do you have anything else on that front before we end this non-spoiler segment? This was a good production value movie. (laughs) Good. It was really, really well done. And it provided comedy. It provided horror. And obviously, it's easier to talk about in spoilers, which is why we're saving it. But uh, really, really well done. All right. last, Last things last here. Prey, Scream, Barbarian, The Black Phone, Nope, Fresh, Watcher, X, Crimes of the Future. We are going to have so much fun at this year's Scaries, our annual horror awards movie show. I can't wait for that. We still got Pearl, Smile, Halloween Ends, Bones and All, a bunch of these horror movies coming out. Will you see Smile? Uh, I really don't want to. I know you don't want to. I hate the marketing. But, you know, if it gets good reviews, I'll probably see it. I've been avoiding fall. We've also got a bunch of terrible horror movies this year, like Firestarter and Morbius. Good <laughs> I mean, point. Yeah, no, good good point by you. That's true. It's been a, the spectrum. That's going to be a fun episode, The Scaries, this year. So stay tuned. We'll have to give our thoughts down the line. But this is definitely a watch for me, Barbarian. And see, you have it written down, but see it in theaters, guys. I mean, if you're if you're mm-hmm. a horror fan at all... I, horror movies, I think, and, and my buddy Brett commented on this on our Twitter when I put it out there yesterday, but the horror movies are meant to be communal properties. Like, you want to be in a loaded theater. You want to be scared together and shouting at the screen. And uh, here's your chance. This is a perfect opportunity. Go see it. Spoilers ahead. This is a spoiler warning. This is the spoiler section for the movie Barbarian, brought to you by Mike, Mike, and Oscar. If you've not seen the movie yet, Go see it in a theater. It's a good place for you to hit pause. Go check out Barbarian at your local theater. We'll be here waiting for you when you come back to hit play on us. If you've seen the movie already or you're just curious to hear our thoughts on the twists, turns, and entire plot of Barbarian, this is where you want to be. The movie review pod of Barbarian brought to you by Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Mike, we alluded to a joke that I had at the non-spoiler section. Uh, If I had one title to replace the title (laughs) Barbarian with, my title for this movie would be The Hills Have Tits. Yes, it's a great title. It's probably a better (laughs) podcast episode title. But it's you when you said all right. So look it, I'm in the parking lot. Yeah, I this asked is this you, is our pre-production argument, by the way, over I'm, what is a spoiler. So listener, I'm please. Very wait. scared. I'm very scared of yeah. this film uh, going in. I'm like, is this going to be disgusting? And I've been very open about my film going phobias up till now. Like I don't want like body body mutilation is type. not your thing. Of a certain type, I can't handle it. The torture stuff, I can't handle it. So I ask you straight up, like, is this movie going to make me vomit? And you're like, well, I mean, if, if you're afraid of saggy tits, <laughs> but otherwise, no. And 
I wasn't because I was aroused. Personally, I was aroused. Yeah. yeah. And you see why now. <laughs> Hot. No, I think <laughs> I think you did a great job as a friend in that moment. Okay. In honest in all honesty, when I yeah. said that to you, what's going through your mind that you is it a spoiler? It's a at monster time, movie. Or is at, an ex post facto spoiler? At the time so once you said that to me, I knew it was a monster movie. I figured it was a barbarian woman in the in the basement. So I, I, right from there, I'm sitting there eating my chicken sandwich, and I'm like, oh, good. And so I it's was a happy. spoiler because you've watched too many movies in your life. Probably. It's a great podcast episode title, which is what you're fighting right now. You want it, <laughs> This wants to be Barbarian Dash The Hills Have Tits. And everybody would, will, will love that. T- I will love that title. I look back at the Mike, Mike, and Oscar Lawyer. That's a great episode title. I know what you're thinking. I, I would think that's a spoiler it spoiled me <sighs> and i think it's a spoiler it's I, I i i'm so angry you think that's a spoiler you can tell nothing it about spoiled the plot me that movie. you well whatever uh. it did it was the key that when you said tits i said <laughs> i knew the move what was if happening i had the said the hills have boobs would that have changed things <laughs> Take us through where we start in the spoiler section. Anyway, I, the fact that you said sagging tits and then you were aroused, <laughs> I think whatever it was, it was a if perfect storm. If I had not storm. said I was aroused, that would uh, that gave too much away. Correct, because yeah. it tell it told me you had fun with it. So then I said, <laughs> "Naked barbarian monster woman, yes," and I was so happy. How did you do with the uh, the breastfeeding scene? Did you like it? <laughs> I didn't think we were getting that in this movie. I'll tell you that. Right I didn't now. think we were getting that. We get, we had a hairy bottle nipple. Jesus, mm. Just we take had the fucking hair off. By the way, I mean yeah. you could stay calm and remove the hair from the nipple. <laughs> you could. You could do these things. Uh, they were f- terrified in the moment, but <laughs> I I do think that we have a couple of production values that I want to shout out in the spoiler section, and they're obvious. But we have... highlight of the movie, I think. We have production design. This setting is great, and it unravels this plot perfectly by 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 one set to the next. And then we have the costuming slash makeup and hairstyling of Lady B. I'll call her Lady B, Lady Barbarian. And I'll highlight the makeup and hairstyling team for us now. Gergana Batnova, Natalia Kamenova, and Atanas Temnilov. Uh, so a Russian team of makeup artists here that all worked i guess on liam neeson's memory for some reason <laughs> they worked on this and congratulations to them because they you did a wonderful the influences job. yeah lady b scared the crap out of me in that scene what a reveal michael when they go down into the dark scars guards crawling out to someone else in here shut up shut up shut up and then Boom, he gets his head smashed. We get the glimpse of her. We get the full reveal. She screams at us. Awesome. One of the greatest monster reveals in a long time. Maybe since maybe since that shark jumped out of the water. Holy cow. Well, (laughs) you mean Jaws or Deep Blue Sea, which obviously had its influences uh, with this movie as well, which we'll get to. But Deep Blue Sea is the first shark movie you saw at 12. So therefore, you're right. Good, good reference. Um, Not Jaws. Excuse me. Yeah, you're correct, sir. Not Jaws. Jaws is passe. This is Deep Blue Sea territory, baby. No, I'm with you. And I think there's always a risk, too, with revealing the monster. I mean, especially revealing always. it early, but revealing it at all. Like, you always run the risk of the monster is never going to be what it lives up to in your imagination. This one, I think, kind of 
because we knew so little about the movie, mm-hmm. like we weren't even sure this was an actual monster movie. No, we did not until you said what you. No, I'm kidding. Right, right. You, until like, I gave it did, away for you. I didn't we, know it was a monster movie. You didn't know it was a monster movie, and I, I got to ask you. So you had fun with like at first. It's like this politeness drama where he's coming across as a nice guy. Nice guy, Bill Skarsgård. There are red flags. You got, I thought. With that mm-hmm. whole setup, that whole premise of being like, you know, men and women in modern society and how the men are now much more cognizant and aware of the protections and the de- defenses yeah. that women have to deal with on an everyday basis towards men and red flags, like you're saying. And like, I didn't want to open this, this bottle of wine until you were right here with me because I didn't want you to. I know she didn't drink the tea. I didn't want you to think I was trying to drug you. And like Bill Skarsgård is going above and beyond. I thought the twist before I knew it was a monster movie was going to be that. She was the bad guy somehow. Oh. Like this was her house, yeah. and she w- and Bill Skarsgård actually was there innocently. And like, I mean, obviously that unravels really quickly. But I thought that was where we were going with this because of that setup. And he was Mister Chivalrous, and it right. been he was on just an head. actual. In a, yeah, it still got flipped on its head. I mean, yeah. he became the damsel in distress. Right. She saved him, just like Justin Long's character became the damsel of distress. She saves him again. I I thought that was brilliant, but I mean, we have this, we have this sequential kind of reve- set of reveals, and they're all fun. Like we have the bump in the night stuff where she's sleeping and you're freaking the hell out. The door opens, but otherwise, she, you know, you have this plot that takes its time somehow and makes you have fun with it because it creeps you out worse and worse like the fact that we don't meet the monster that night and we gotta drive through the dilapidated condemned buildings of the town the next morning the fact that we gotta get the homeless man scare andre we get we come to know him we Mm -hmm. come to realize that he's just warning her and it's so nerve-wracking that these haunted grounds lead to or, or basically they signal that there's going to be a, something crazy down there. Oh my God. And then when it delivers, it makes the whole setting even scarier uh, at the end of it. So yeah, you get the basement door locks on itself. You get the secret room. You got the murder room. Oh my God. That's terrifying. Which that horrifying. Yeah. Horrifying uh, development that will come to realize later in the flashback sequence with the serial murderer character there played by Richard Brake, who does a tremendous job as mm-hmm. Frank. Good God, the father Very of creepy. the incest babies. Ugh, mm-hmm. just you know, Lady B's dad. And it was Ugh. a cool explanation too. I mean, how do we? How do you get that barbarian woman? You make a copy of it. I mean, it's Frank making babies and having sex with the babies oh, and having sex with the baby. It's, it's gross and terrifying. But you know, there's at least a plausible explanation. Now, I mean, this is the first major plot hole for me. But you don't get to it until you're thinking about the movie afterwards on retrospection. Like, obviously, the barbarian gets out at night. Mm-hmm. One, how does she get past the basement door that locks on itself without ruining the door? Two, if she's the one who opened up our main character here's bedroom door at night, why didn't she just take the main character then when she was sleeping? I don't know. Maybe she right. just likes to browse. <laughs> Maybe she likes to walk in front of shop windows, and that's her shop window <laughs> for her de- next dolly. I don't know, but that's a good. It's a good question. That's a good. It's a good question. I didn't think about that, but I definitely think she's much sneakier than we gave her credit yes. for, uh, and quieter, which is anything but in her labyrinth and her home there. But uh, look, I think we have the whole reveals or the sequential reveals. It's fun in the first instance because we're guessing with Bill Skarsgård and 
it's the creepiest, craziest setup. We don't know what the hell's going on. And then once we do know what's going on, we have someone to hate. We have Justin Long's character who reveals to be worse and worse and worse throughout. And we just can't wait until he walks into this setting where, where he could get his comeuppance and he does it with so much comedy he's backing in measuring the damn thing for square footage mike just to try and make that more was money. so funny that was so funny i mean he's not at all we go through this whole first 40 minutes where tess is freaked out by these corridors downstairs and these hidden hallways and cellarways and steps and then justin long who's a total douchebag apparently rapist <laughs> yeah, gets yeah. gets to this house that he owns and his first instinct is to measure all of his square footage out and see if he can include it in the price of the house because he needs to sell the house because he has these rape allegations going against him in Hollywood and his career might be in trouble as it should be and he, he needs to liquidate and sell things. I also liked how it did that. It used these like current day, modern day issues to really just kind of provide depth to the characters as opposed to trying to make the movie all about that. I mean, it, you, you touched on the issues with policing in these inner, these rundown, dilapidated suburbs now of these major cities and touched on how police treat people who present themselves as to not be the most cleanliness of people and the, the prejudices that policing have. It touched on the allegations going on in Hollywood and how a powerful man can get away with this and how they act and all this BS that we talk about in our news shows every week. I, I, it, but it didn't make the movie about that. Right. They, they have this surrounding theme, and it's, it's the backdrop. There's no doubt about right. it. They kind of bludgeon you with it. But it's it, it's turned into satire where I think, you know, the Justin Long being playing this so over the top and so brilliantly, hmm. it, it just works for me. And then the fact that he gets his come up and so thoroughly step by step, and then the fact that he's he becomes the wild card kind of trickster hero for a moment there before he tries tries to save his own ass and that kind of dooms him in because of gravity not working properly but we'll get there but michael i think i think we have i think we have this reverse of the whole hero rescuer rescuer thing and we've we've seen this in fairy tales originally right i mean hitchcock didn't invent this he didn't invent the change of the pov and in jumping into another character storyline in a monster film in a monster story we've seen this from you know what one character goes in and then we take place in the uh the the knight's pov who's gonna you know save the damsel Mm -hmm. or save the character that went in later on and i think that is a classic trope that they reverse here to the fact that okay the damsel in distress is actually going to be the the hero and, and that's that's just an incredible way to do it and she's such a badass hero uh i think knowing what she knows for her to go back in there for any reason yeah for not only Skarsgård, and then again for Justin Long, because she realizes the the lengths of danger that he is in. So that's the definition of a hero. She's not a final girl to 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 the extent of the run and chase 1980s slasher movie. She's a total hero. Right. I, I absolutely she is, and she was well written, and she has all the the depth and characteristics of that. I mean. She's got more balls than I would have in that situation. I would have been the hell out of there. <laughs> I would have been a Jordan Peele movie title. Absolutely. So, and they, they give her that, too. I mean, I, when she first discovers the hallway <laughs> in the basement, when she's locked in the basement, she stares at him. Nope. 
<laughs> she's not going down there. It's great. But I just love the fact that she does get away and, and she's forced back through that mix-up with the cops. God help us. And she's there and she knows she's got to fight. She find, she gets hold of the car keys. And, of course, after her harrowing escape from, you know, with Justin Long being still in there, that which is an iconic escape with uh, Lady B at the window. My mm-hmm. God, yeah. that was terrifying. Great, great visual. There, the, it's it's dark. She's in the car, and there's Lady B. And what does she do, Tess? She drives right into right her, into her, and, and almost cuts her in half real bad, almost, but <laughs> doesn't work. Uh, you get to you know the Michael Myers factor that Lady B is a monster of you know the physical prowess at that point because she's can't be killed by a car crash into a house which is awesome now does that mean she can fall from a 50 foot water tower or a 100 foot water tower and survive <laughs> yes. i don't know <laughs> if I they can do so. it in austin powers why can't they do it in barbarian <laughs> austin powers is the perfect comp i think it was the spy who shagged me austin powers no it was austin powers one or two. I don't remember which one it was. I just I remember two. Why won't you die? Why won't you die? Somehow. All right. Can, can we get to the three most preposterous yes. things that happen here? All right. Number one. How is that old serial murderer not long dead? I have Lady, an answer for this. Lady B is not taking care of her. We see Lady B cower away from his door. Like she's not going to go in there because that was her monster her whole life. Obviously. Except. So, he has in there he obviously can't get meals himself he has on counters and stuff containers of water and that white viscous stuff which i was thinking about that it has to be her breast milk oh so she is taking care of i think she i think he's subsisting on her breast milk because there's yeah. there's there's containers full of this white viscous liquid on counters and stuff <laughs> as Justin Long's walking through that room. It, oh I, my this, God. I mean, unless he's, you know, unless it's the other white viscous uh, humanly body fluid for some reason, I, I, I think it's got to be breast milk that he's living off of. It's and that's why breast, he just takes a gun milk. and just blows his brains out immediately. <laughs> If he could have gotten a gun sooner. No, but he's so he's recognized by Justin Long as the serial murderer in that moment because he sees all the tapes. Yeah. And then he blows his brains out instead of what you think he's going to do and shoot Justin Long. Right. Weird, weird sequence of events. A bit anticlimactic because we spend a sequence of scenes realizing who he is. I mean, he stalks his victims. He, he goes to the supermarket and buys supplies that he... He lies to the per- woman there. Thinking I like the flashback birth. of that, too, explaining that character. I mean, all the, yeah. the flashbacks in this were really well done and well set up. Really and creepy. It's a little on the nose, but you have the uh, the homeless man saying that, you know, Lady B isn't the worst thing in that house. He knows that that guy, that horrible murderer is still there. And okay. It's that, the commentary saying that, you know, man is still more deranged and more animalistic than any kind yeah. of, of our worst monsters that we can imagine. And that brings me to part two of the most preposterous things. Now, you, you, you've argued away the first one, so bravo to you. Why does that homeless man, Andre, live next door to a serial murderer that he knows is worse than a barbarian monster woman who comes out at night looking for people to treat like babies and then eat or kill or whatever? I mean, Michael, this guy, I, I get it. He's got like this weird... He's got this weird peace treaty with the barbarian monster woman, and it's a hilarious scene, awesome scene. Yes. He's living in the the church 
or the water tower, but he's living in the church from True Detective, and <laughs> he's in the outfit of Candyman, and he gets his arm ripped off, by the way. Yeah, and, and, it's, and that whole scene is a callback to Deep Blue Sea, where Samuel L. Jackson's like, we're going to find a way to get out of here, and then the shark comes up and rips him apart. Andre saying, you know, she, I've been I... here 15 years, she's never come through this motherfucker, and she bursts through the walls. Boom! Comes through the door, rips off his arm, beats him to death with it. Yes. Oh my god! What a great scene. So again, I don't care that the movie didn't make sense or a plot point didn't make sense. It was awesome. I could play devil's advocate there too. And the re I mean, seeing how many social themes have been touched on, it's easy to talk about how the, the struggles of people who are in these rundown neighborhoods, it's tough for them to just, you know, I mean, that's, that's the, uh, their GOP answer, right? Well, why don't you yeah. just move away? Well, P- yeah. you can't just yeah. move away. It takes money and it takes resources to move away. And a lot of people don't have those at their disposal when they see their, their neighborhood get to these p- points. So there could be a commentary on that. If there is, it's not very well established. I'm kind of grasping at straws here. But yeah, I'd, if there is a monster and you know about it living in there, I would think I'd want to move further down than just the water tower down the street. Yeah, the uh, the social commentary and the satire and the... Uh the, the metaphorical reasoning is sounder than, let's say, a guy living down the street from a monster woman who <laughs> right. does come at no, uh, come out at night. Right. <laughs> let's be honest. All right. Now, the last – you have no defense for this last preposterous worst scene, even though I don't care because it was awesome. But we have – we have a woman that is pushed off the roof, <laughs> pushed in the stomach. Justin in a, Long. In a disgusting way by Justin Long. He thinks what will happen will happen, and he's right. He pushes her off the roof, and we see we see all of Lady B jump off, <laughs> swan dive, sagging in her glory, flopping two around. Two <laughs> seconds later, I know it's a bit slow motion, but it is well afterwards. You cannot make up the time in the air get underneath Tess in that moment. Georgina Campbell is not going to fall on her. No matter how you swine dive, it's not like they're they're jumping out of a plane and you could kind of do the cool Tom Cruise thing and get underneath you oh, know, Mike. the terminal velocity there. Scientifically, as we all know, mass falls at 9.9 meters per second per second. So, I no, I don't have an explanation. <laughs> <laughs> Seconds it earlier. Was, it was just a cool visual. And it makes sense for the plot. Uh, I, sure. I just chalked it up to the Austin Powers theory of ridiculousness. It is definitely some ridiculousness there. But uh, <clears throat> I, I got to say, it's still satisfying when Justin Long comes. To, it's satisfying, number one, that he drops the gun, which falls down on the ground. It's which was satis- already set up by him fumbling the knife because he was so scared in the uh, hallways and the corridors earlier in the movie. I liked that. Uh, it's satisfying that uh, we, we have Lady B saving her, and then immediately when he gets down there, she's still alive, and she squashes his head to death. And that and was, I mean, a, a very good writing in how you're rooting for Justin Long and Georgina Campbell to get away in one minute, and then the, after Justin Long does what he does, I was like, fuck this guy. I hope Kill he gets murdered immediately. Bloodlust is up in yeah. us for, for us in that moment. That's what horror movies can do at times. There's no question. And, we, yeah, we're rooting for him to die in the most horrific way possible. And he does. And then she's swaddling her new baby, Tess, who has a gun. So <laughs> and, yeah, that fall doesn't kill Barbarian, but the gunshot to the head will? 
you just want every monster to be Michael Myers. But well, no, yes. but we saw her brain matter splattered on the pavement. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> again, I I don't disagree. I agree that that's preposterous. <laughs> I just, don't. Yeah. No, if I it's care. A hole, I'm saying it's, it's a hole. hole. It's a logical hole in the story. The fact that they're both alive, but. I don't really care because I'm glad she gets away. She deserves yes. to. She's a hero uh, through and through. Georgina Campbell's Tess. And what what a fun time I had at the movie theaters. I think this is a B-plus all day, Mike. Uh, what, do you have any final thoughts, final grades here? I'm I'm a B as well. I mean, this is, it, you know, I left it thinking, what the hell did I just watch? <laughs> and like, that's why I said there's life before Barbarian and there's whatever the hell is left after it because this is just... I mean, it's ridiculous. It's an it's an over the top fun horror movie, and you get a monster movie out of it that I don't know that you were expecting a monster movie with. Which, if you're not, I think it was Neglia who tweeted: "The more blind you go originally, the more blind you go in, the less you know about this movie going in, the better." That's absolutely yeah. true. And if you're at this point in this episode, it's too late for you. So I'm sorry, <laughs> but. <laughs> If you go in and you want to tell your friends to go check out any horror fan friends that you have, they, they're they looking for something to watch, man, go see this in theaters. Go see it. Go have fun. Go with a crowd. This should be one of those movies that makes money, that gets word of yeah. mouth, that is profitable at the end of the day because we want more original horror movies like this. We want movies that can base it on like the classic structures of the biggest hit movies like from Alfred Hitchcock in 1960 and then... You, you, you take that and you twist it on its head while still delivering the goods of, of your subgenre. I'm, I'm all about it. I, uh, I, I tip my hat to the screenwriting here. It's, it's really smart. Obviously, they neglected a few <laughs> points of logic, but that's every horror movie. We're, right. we're accustomed to that, I guess. And, and I don't care. So I'll take a few points off. Maybe it won't, you know, won't be on the higher end of the B-plus scale for me. But, yeah, B-plus 87 is where I'll land. And you said b be yeah, B, probably a square of the B, 85. I don't understand why the the helpful ancillary character who is introduced in a scary way but turns out to be someone giving aid, in this case, the homeless man, why does that character never just totally explain themselves when they're at the outside of the house after having just trying to approach the main character and just getting locked out at the last second every time? Like, why don't they say, hey... You got to get out of that house because there's a barbarian in there. I know. I've been living here a while. This is all just a misunderstanding. You shouldn't be scared of me. Like, say more than get out here. <laughs> say more than ah. <laughs> 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 or maybe don't have that interaction at all is what I'm saying. Like, I yeah. guess that's that's all. I hate that in horror movies. It's such a trope. It is a trope, but it is an effective one. And look, well, I'll say this. I mean, I knew that he was warning her in that of moment. Of course, but everyone that added, did. It added to the whole mystique of it and what we were about to see. So it set me up perfectly, I thought. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a flailing guy in those robes. They look like a t- Tuscan Raider, you know, robes. <laughs> I mean, the... the flailing off of coming at her and yeah and he he was he was kind of uh, off-putting in that moment and then then you know he's warning her and then you're like oh my god he's warning her of she's going back in there oh my god but if if the situation was dire enough for him to 
hunt her down and chase her into her house, wouldn't it be dire enough for him to stand at the door and explain to her that she's in more danger in the house than out of it? Yes, I think he should have done that. <laughs> no, I don't think horror movies work that way. They avoid such exposition dumps. I feel like there's a thousand examples of that exact thing happening, and it's always the same ending every time. Yes, I think I think if we wrote a horror movie, it wouldn't be as fun as Barbarian. <laughs> she would just leave the house immediately, and that'd be it. Be a 20-minute movie where you don't even get a reveal. 20-minute movie. They leave. They just get out. That's it. We should do that. It could be titled Get Out. It'd have to be a short film. Uh, there might be a copyright on another feature film with the same title. I don't know. Guys, as always, what matters most to us are your thoughts. Did you see Barbarian in theaters? What did you think? How packed was your theater, by the way? And let us know. Were you surprised to see that it was what it was uh, or not? Let us know that as well as any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns you may have about anything we do here in the MMO Empire. You can leave us those on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MM and Oscar on Twitter. Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com. And on Reddit, we are available wherever you do here podcasts uh we know there's been an issue with apple Podcasts the last week or so mm. i think it has to do with soundcloud there was a, an, a message on soundcloud.com saying that they knew there was an issue with their podcast being populated on apple Podcasts. it works on my desktop our latest episode is up on my desktop through the apple podcast app it's not on either mike or my phones yet so I don't think there's anything we can do on our end. It seems like a very technical issue on SoundCloud's end. Hopefully they resolve it soon. I, mean, I was talking to Apple and going through Apple stuff last night. I don't think it's an Apple issue, but uh, hopefully that gets resolved soon enough. And if it's not, I'll start crying and whining on the phone with anyone I can get my, my hands on. So we'll see if that does anything. Well, but uh, Appreciate that, Michael. But yeah. yeah, I appreciate that we've gotten a ton of hits regardless on that episode. Yeah from elsewhere and all the other podcatchers that caught it, Spotify and everything. But we did a don't worry. We did a spit gate episode, but it was really just like reacting to all the reactions on the first wave of Oscar contenders from the Banshees of Inishera to the whale to uh, obviously don't worry, darling and Bardo, which didn't do as well. We, I think we women talking, we did a bunch of films that, uh, that have Oscar, you know, resumes, like possibilities. Yeah. Like Barbarian, yeah. exactly. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to do that again. I don't know if we're going to do that again in the very next episode because we have Emmys, we have D23, so we might do a news, an industry news episode with some Mike, Mike, and Emmy thrown in, but we're definitely going to come back to talk about the, the Venice winners and certainly the TIFF. Uh, the TIFF opening and how the Toronto International Film Festival is is going along before they pick their big winner, the Grosch Audience Award. So a lot of cool stuff to talk about over the next few weeks. We got more September movies as well with the Woman King, Don't Worry, Darling, the greatest beer run ever, Weird Bros. Can't, this September's got a couple of uh, movies that I'm really excited Go about. Go to the theaters, yeah. yeah I agree. Let's go. Barbarian, one for one. Good start. Good start. Absolutely. Um, but yes, if you appreciate what we do, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify, those truly help us out. Uh, Mike clued you in as to what's coming next. Mike, any words of wisdom to end on here? Yeah, I think uh, I think it is wise to text your friend a spoiler. <laughs> You're a jerk. If you, kn- 
if you know that spoiler would help him. I'm just giving you credit here. No, no. You know exactly what you're doing, and I know what you're doing, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> Sometimes spoilers could be helpful things. I want a written-out paragraph explanation from you as to what a spoiler is. I just have to talk about the synapses of how my brain fired to where you said sagging tits. Like, if I, if you texted me and said, am I going to be gross, and my response was only saggy boobs, would that have given everything away? Yeah. No, oh, you're a jerk. And if you said old saggy boobs, <laughs> then I would have known even more. But I'm mean, sure actually, not to say that, though. I assumed old saggy boobs. Because you said, no, it's it, but it's it, it, it doesn't matter. It's kind of built in. But if you said my saggy, anyway. As my side boob. <laughs> Guys, when reality sucks, you can come talk about saggy boobs with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year round without the stuffiness. We will see you all very soon. See ya.